Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So it's not as if she washed into here as like the nun. Right. And I almost think it's She's more... definitely not a nun, by the way. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask that. I'm Rachel Bello. And I'm Suzanne Mushin. Welcome to The Big Payoff. So today we're asking the question which seems very timely given what's going on in our political world. In a world gone mad, does fashion really matter? And you know, I could ask that about any anything at this point other than ISIS, excuse me, ISIL, um, other than that or poverty or, you know, unemployment. You know, it, it, there is a kind of silliness to that question, Suzanne, sorry, but there's a silliness to the question about in a world where fill in the blank, does blank really matter? The answer is always going to be, well, not as much, but so how about asking the question, how to ensure that what you care about, whatever that is, pet health, fashion, nails matters. I think that's a really good question to ask because it's so hard when you're putting everything that you care about in a background of the greater good and humanity and society. But the fact is, sometimes it's the things that we're most passionate about and care deeply about that actually could matter more because we can't control what's going on around us. I mean, we saw this shift after 9-11. Well, that I think was a big sea change for lots and lots of industries and endeavors is you could no longer operate in a bubble where you could ignore what was happening in the world. So I remember distinctly in New York after 9-11 that the fashion industry in particular went into paroxysms of guilt and sense of meaninglessness, and they began to thrash around for, oh, shit, how do I matter when 3,000 people have just died down the street? And there's a moment where you kind of feel embarrassed to even think that what you're doing matters. You know, I remember that, too, and I remember everything about my life at that point. It was like rich people problems. Yeah. Became that on steroids because everything that seemed important all of a sudden faded. So what I'm curious about is when we're in an environment like we're in right now, I mean, honestly, last, you know, however long it's been since we keep CNN on 24-7 just to see what's going on that seems truly 
like like reality television gone awry. How do we bring into our lives beauty? How do we bring into our lives the things that really for us are meaningful without them feeling superficial? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to be a meaning Nazi. I don't want to be somebody who patrols and polices what matters and doesn't matter. All I ask is while you're in your passion bubble, whatever that is, there's, you know, get some consciousness about your circle of concern. Just get some consciousness about what context you're operating in. And when Rachel, when we were talking about this issue, we said, well, who out there is showing not just telling, but showing that this is possible in a way that doesn't feel anything other than authentic, real, meaningful, yep, beautiful, and fashionable, and connected to the and, world. And not in one of those um, earnest. earnest, so that it takes itself so seriously, so that the rest of us feel guilty. And we hit the bullseye, really, yeah. with Marielle Stevenson. Yeah. Um, who, look, she has spent her world in the very, very high echelons of fashion and style and yet has found herself at a moment in her career where I can tell just from talking to her for two minutes that her glam for good I'm going to call it a movement. Can we call it a movement? Well, we're going to talk to her about what constitutes a movement and what her hopes for it are. But yes, we can definitely. I, talk I'm going about to call it, it a movement, movement because I think it's much more than a website or a meme or a hashtag. I think she's it's a community, and it has an intention, and that's what. So I want to hear is. from her how she's making that matter because it look at the heart of glam for good is the word glam. So let's figure out what role that's playing. In in this bigger ambition that she has to bring good into the world. Right. And let's just remind ourselves that her original pivot foot wasn't in the good. Right. 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 She is a seriously recognized, continues to be a seriously recognized expert on fashion and beauty. She's been on every major television show, right. every major magazine and continues to be. So it's not as if she washed into here as like the nun. Right. And I almost think it's she more... She's definitely not a nun, by the way. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask that. <laughs> Unless the church has changed. So let's, let's bring her into the studio and ask her that. And I also want to know, is it really... How hard is it to take the world that you're living in, which seems so sexy and hot and fast, and turn it in this direction? Because if she can do it in the world of fashion, what does that mean for all sorts of other industries that might on the surface seem superficial? And for you. For me personally, well, maybe a little late, but I meant our <laughs> listeners. Okay. We'll be back talking to Mary Alice Stevenson, Glam for Good, in just a moment. have Mary Alice Stevenson in the room. And Mary Alice, I have really been a, become a fan of Glam for Good. I knew about it, but wasn't a follower until we got into this conversation. And I became kind of obsessed with it because 
I'm just going to be honest. I think it made me feel less guilty. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. I would never normally follow right. sites that uh, that frontally say this is about the good. I go, you know what? I yeah. know. But it's beautiful Thank and it's you. addictive. Thank you. So what is the what is the kind of dirty secret of glam, glam for good? <laughs> well, the dirty secret is that, I mean, I think, you know, actually, there's not really any dirty secrets. I mean, I don't think there's anything dirty around glam for good other than I the work it, it good takes. Way. We okay, use that good, word in the best it's, of it's, ways on this yeah, show. You know, it's it's the dirty secret is that it takes a lot of work to do good. And I've been so blessed to have a... Um, incredible career uh, and a supportive uh, fashion and beauty community. And so the truth is, is that, you know, I'm a single mom. I'm not a philanthropist. I'm doing what I love. And I needed my fashion and beauty community to help me rise um, with Glam for Good and to do good because I didn't initially have the money to go to a homeless shelter in Detroit and pamper them or a domestic abuse center or work with veterans or work with breast cancer survivors. So, so the dirty secret is that women across the country and men across the country that have small movements that are doing good, it takes a huge community huge. around them to support to do good. So you must have figured out at some point that you had tapped into a vein, that you what you found was interesting to you in the world of fashion and its connection to doing good, which I want you to talk more about, that other people were feeling the need for that too. Can you talk, what is I that just, that you tapped into? You know, I, well, I just did it. it. You know, for me, I did what, that's the beautiful thing about helping people is when you do that, it also makes you feel empowered and excited and high. And so I started my journey um, after being an editor for 20 years at all the big magazines and after styling so many stars, really with Make-A-Wish. And um, I was um, at a shoot and I was at an airport. The shoot was over and the airport filled up with cheerleaders and they were all cheering Karen 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 and I was like what is going on and through this big bold beautiful tunnel of cheerleaders came a six-year-old girl without a stitch of hair and Make-A-Wish was sending her off to cheerleading camp and I know that you know for me after uh, creating and producing photo shoots around the world for 20 years that I needed to connect my passion for fashion with purpose like that and that was my aha moment and so I connected with Make-A-Wish and started granting wishes for the last 20 years as their national fashion ambassador. But wishes that, related to glamour and Wishes fashion. related to fashion and glamour. I mean, the, the, the ba- I have witnessed the healing power of fashion and beauty, and I know that sounds like, ooh, but it really does. You know, it, you know I have had um, uh, veterans that have had their legs blown off, and we've pampered them for a day, and they've been in tears and said, today is the first day I really have felt beautiful in my entire life. We don't need to feel beautiful every day, but when I use Glam for Good to empower self-esteem and to honor courage, you know, that is truly, those moments um, mean something. And and, and it kind of helps you with your psyche, with dealing with far more serious things in life. So when you feel good, you're able to deal with... It's actually really important. And this conversation on a larger scale happens between artists and people, say, for example, working in education or in poverty, right, where they go... Well, I'm dealing with the real social problems and you're concerned with beauty and truth. And that feels like a a luxury. And in fact, what it is to be human is all of that. And really what 
what this conversation is, is not just doing good. It's using glamour and fashion for good and never getting away from the fact that what you know, what is yours to do is the first part in relation to the second. Yeah, I think for, for, I mean, that's my biggest, you know, piece of advice to anyone out there is I really, I'm doing what there is no choice not to do. I have to do this. When I, after being in the fashion and beauty industry on a high level for 20 years, after styling every star, I mean, literally from Beyonce to Renee Zellweger to Scarlett Johansson to, um, uh, you know, I mean, one after the other, I could go on Jennifer Lopez, Britney Spears, you know, you name it. I've worked with them. I've worked at Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, Marie Claire, Allure, W. I have seen fashion at the extreme, the beautiful creative sides of fashion. But at the end of the day, a lot of those images are end up in the bin. Like what, what, how does it live longer? Right. And so when I started doing Glam for Good Empowerment initiatives across the country and seeing how fashion and beauty, the thing that I love and and obsessed about how it actually changes the, 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 the dynamic of someone's personal energy for the good, for the better, that was a, a, a moment for me that made me change my you know entire career or I, use my career. I feel like we've hit on something really important that doesn't get said often enough, which is you have to start from the place that you think is yours to do, exactly. whatever right. that is. Right. Too many people, I think, would take a look at you if they if they didn't really know you and go, oh, she must have always been somebody who tried to change the world. And it's like it doesn't really happen like that. Right. And I think Rachel and I certainly our whole careers have had people really patronize. It's like, that's so for you guys. cute that you want to do that do-gooder branding stuff. But it has to start from a place that says, look, I know, for example, what is mine to do is spin a good yarn. Right. I, I know how to tell a good story. Right. And I can choose to tell a good story about, you know, cigarettes or things that don't matter. But what's mine to do is to really tell a story about things that do matter. And too often, I think people think they have to start from this halo effect of already being Mother Teresa before they can actually make a difference. You know, there comes a point in your career, and it'll come earlier for millennials than it did for our generation. But there comes a point in your career where you want more meaning. Right. Right. For what you do. So you could have Mary Alice at that point in your aha moment said, you know what? Forget it. I'm yeah. going to go work for Doctors Without Borders. Right. Right. But no, you use what you know. Right. And this is a really important message to people. Not that, you know, you can't bail from what you know and do something radically different if you've gotten on the wrong track. But in general, it's about steering what you know into a larger arena. Right. What you know and who you and know. Who oh you okay. know. So let's also talk about that a little bit because... I was just going to say, I want to hear how yeah. you leveraged that world. Yeah. I leveraged two things. Two things that I think are you know so extremely different right now. It's it, it, social media and personal relationships. And that's critical. So personal relationships. I could not glam for good and help over 5,000 people that we've pampered, 26 nonprofits in the last year and a half without... My friends, people that I've connected with, people like you guys that want to support me and want to support Glam for Good. Those are personal relationships that you make through, throughout, throughout my career that I've connected with. Not by looking at my phone, not by tweeting, Instagramming, Facebooking, by looking up, connecting and interacting with people so, and being there for them. They are now there for me. Tell us so, about an ask that you made in the beginning that was 
pivotal? Well, I think, you know, one of the big things is during um, Hurricane Sandy, we had a firefighter reach out to us and 113 families in Rockaway lost everything. They lost their homes. And so Red Cross and people like that, although all great, amazing organizations just weren't there. These people needed clothes to go back to work. They needed clothes to dress their kids in. They needed warm clothes. It was freezing outside. So um, that was one of our first kind of um, social initiatives. um, And we started... uh, putting it out there. And I started emailing friends from, you know, L'Oreal, Levi's, Calvin Klein, and Taylor. These are all people that are directors of marketing and, and, and PR um, from big brands that I had worked with in my career that had helped me. And what style did you my ask them? I asked them to help me. I, I have 113 families that I need to recreate the closets for, that I need to get underwear, t-shirts, shampoo, soap, shoes, coats, and we need to do it now. Um, so within 24 hours... my closet? <laughs> Please. So in 24 hours, we, we, I mean, literally within five hours, people started sending things yeah. to my home in Brooklyn <laughs> and then I needed to get in. So then I started, uh, I, you know, I, I think what's beautiful is there's so many people that want to know how to do good. I was good. just going to say, I think the other, when I asked earlier about the vein that you tapped into, I think the dirty secret, again, using them the best of ways here is that people actually want to be asked right. they need to, to, to right. participate. They need to know right. how. So even the same thing. So we ended up having an incredible, uh, 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 we call them, I call them shopping sprees for free, Glam for Good shopping sprees for free. And all the families, I mean, these women were in tears right. and people came. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And they could pick anything, jewelry, everything oh to fill their closets. And we, we, and, and because my community, uh, uh, they really rose. And but also, social media has really helped me because I didn't have at that point a nonprofit set up, and I really needed um, to get uh, the word out that I needed help. And so, what happened is many of these brands actually would see me with their products once oh, they sent right. their products. I'd say, "Hey, Calvin Klein, you know, we're we're here doing this, doing good with your products," and then they'd retweet because so it made them media, look amazing yeah. right so so that was initially kind of what it, what happened but now as we've grown bigger we still i mean in december we did two initiatives one in a domestic abuse shelter a secret shelter here in new york with 23 moms and their kids hiding from their domestic abuse from their abusive partners and we did a, a homeless shelter in detroit and again i do calls of action on our social media on the glam for good page on my page which has been really helpful and um on instagram on twitter and i say this you know, this is what, what I need. And, 
you know, physical things physical like send things. us this or yeah, we're looking for. So, for example, Hasbro, someone on the Hasbro team. Um, I mean, I thought, how am I going to get all these kids presents in like the next you know, 24 hours. Oh, so it doesn't just limit to glamour and beauty. Oh, no, we work um, with a lot of times where we feel that we're pampering, especially women. We have, we like to pamper their families. I, it's hard for me to even talk about it because I get emotional about it because I've had so many incredible experiences, but we pamper the families. Hello Kitty has been a huge supporter sending. So we can only pamper and love up the moms with hair, makeup and clothes when the moms know that their kids are okay too. So often we have the kids, we have volunteers that come in and work with the kids, play with the kids, you know, um, give the kids things too, you know, and the, most of these extreme situations, you know, the kids at a domestic abuse shelter, the kids, oh you know, they've been ripped away from the life as they know it and are hiding out in a, a very dark place. And yeah. these shelters are fantastic and women couldn't survive without them. But so we try to bring in some happiness and we work with a lot of nonprofits too. I mean, I think that's the beauty of Glam for Good is Deepak Chopra told me that, you know, reach out and, and, and connect. And that was super important for Glam for Good because Deepak said the power is, is uniting people that are doing good and, and seeing lights and helping each other. And that's been really great for Glam for Good because we've partnered with incredible organizations and together we've been able to do initiatives that scale at a, at a bigger rate. That's great. Wow. Uh, it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff, but I, I have to say that it's such a relief to hear especially in the moment we're in, if we look at, you know, what's happening in the political world and all of that, it's such a relief to hear that there is such an unbelievable receptiveness to connecting over and unifying people around something that's good. And I, I will look at fashion differently now. I'll look at the, you just mentioned Hello Kitty, which is so interesting because my impression of Hello Kitty prior to, 10 seconds ago was, oof, plastic Japan made my kids want to buy all this stuff. The fact that you're now telling me that they rose to the occasion have been amazing to these kids in shelters. Honestly, in those 10 seconds, you just made me rethink that brand. But you know what? Let me me just be really clear here. This isn't just, and I'm sure Mary Alice won't deny this. In fact, I think you were saying it earlier. This is consumer driven. If consumers didn't demand the connection between your product and something larger, it would not happen. It's not like a Oh my God! But, people are waking up. You know, but I then do, they feel better. I think. When they I do. think. I think. What's happening is is sharing it. It's. It's. What's happened is in our generation. I mean, I'm in my late forties. I. You know, it's not cool to show you're doing good, right? Yeah. God forbid. You know, you keep that secret. You do good quietly. That's the way we do it. We do it quietly. Not well, the Jews. Not the Jews. <laughs> Just saying. The our way people. That kind of not I so was much. raised Real in the for generation really before. And so what happened for me is I had one choice in order for me to get the tools to glam for good I had to show that just like I'm uh, girls are showing their hair on Instagram and social media yeah. their cars their food their I manicure Monday their shoes day Tuesday the good. Yeah. so I was started I decided why can't I be proud yeah. Yeah. of the work that I'm doing with Glam for Good. So I am proud of it. So I need to show it. And, and hopefully in what I think is, is really happened, at least in the fashion community, is that now more and more people have been showing it too. And well, part of that is that you're showing it in a way that's not so earnest and self-referential and makes everybody else feel guilty that they're not as you, your voice, your tone, even meeting you. There's something very... 
out there and loose and vulnerable and playful and, and inclusive. And inclusive. When I read it, I don't feel like, oh, you're good and I'm not. Right. right. It's like the, I think of it, you know, it's just, you know, I really couldn't do it without the help of, you know, people like the show. And I, I really couldn't, you know, and we've scaled it. And, and it's been fantastic to have people like you guys and Michelle Obama, our first lady and Oprah. Did you hear and, how we just got put in the same we, sentence? We're podcast for Oprah. good. I mean, I knew that. Oh, I'm we a can podcast, podcast yeah. for good. So here's pod a, for good. Pot. 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 For good. I think pot is for good. Um, Okay. When we come back, what we're going to do is um, Mary Alice knows Kate Parker, who we taped in another show. Kate Parker is a commercial photographer extraordinaire. She's also an artistic photographer whose passion is helping people reframe and rethink current stereotypes or other ways of looking at people and helps us rethink them. Right now, her Strong is the New Pretty campaign is really what's trending. And Mary Alice and Kate met. And we taped them on the same day, ironically. I mean, that what was so crazy. We, we didn't, didn't even know plan that it. they knew each other. Didn't know they knew each yeah, other. And in fact, Kate attributes her um, Strong's a New Pretty to Mary Alice yeah. as being the brainchild behind that. So let's get them both into the studio. And I want to talk about whether or not the advertising world is uh, on board. Right. right. You were talking about the brands being on board. That's great. But the next frontier to scale is really asking ourselves, are we going to actually see this out are there? Are people going to pay to have that connection made? So let's bring Kate back in and the four of us will talk when we get back in just a moment. Today, we've been talking about the role of fashion in a world kind of gone mad and whether or not fashion can be a force for good. And I'm wondering what the advertising world is doing for the fashion message to girls that's a positive one. And so let's talk about, because I know you and Kate Parker, who we brought back into the studio, I know you and Kate have worked together on her Strong as a New Pretty campaign. What is advertising doing? Is it a force for good or do you think that it's a problem? Well, it's absolutely a force for good. And style can have a social conscience in every way. But, but what people like Kate and I are most excited about is that the fashion world has to be empowering now to sell anything. The millennials, millennials are so interested in brands that are doing good. They want their buy to mean something. And so now more than ever before, brands have to get with the program and create content around their products that shows their consumer that they're making a difference. You know, when so, we say brands, let's remind ourselves that brands are people. There are people right. behind brands. So mm -hmm. the, what we're really talking about is that the leaders of these companies, that the heads of marketing, et cetera, need to understand that this is the driving force. Absolutely. That that when that it's the age of empathy and the most shared content in the world makes the share feel heroic. So what kind of content is that? It's content that is is created around social good. It's a do good content that's helped glam for good and that's helped strong as a new pretty. So people like Kate and I that are have birthed movements and have nonprofits and, and, and businesses around doing good, we really need these brands to support us and they have been. And how much freedom, Kate, are the brands giving you? I mean, it, it, how is it 
truly authentic when they come to you and say, we really want this. We want to send this message or are they being in any way patronizing like, oh, we just love. Well, this is a commercial shoot, do. right, where you're being hired to promote a product. Um, in certain cases, mm-hmm. and, and and in my experience with um, brands coming to me, they love what they've seen, and they don't want to. They don't want to change it. They they think, obviously, like it works for their brand to say the message from Strong is the New Pretty, um, or or anything you know anything else I'm shooting. If it works for them, they see it. They're, I don't think they. I at least in my experience, they haven't come and said, "I want to change this." We like a little bit of it. They but not like too much. all of it. Yeah. yeah. They like all of it. And I don't know that I would be on board with changing it because I think ultimately that would change my brand, which I've not that I think of myself as a brand as much, but the way I shoot is really authentically. Oh, oh you will when we get yeah. there. You <laughs> when you're done with this show and Mary Alice and us, but I think hard to yeah, go outside. how I shoot is authentically. So if I change that and I allow a lot of other thinking into there for my personal work, cause I shoot commercially where I'm, absolutely shooting somebody else's vision but if a brand approaches me and 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 they have it's been we love what you do we'd like to we'd like you to continue that well that's it's clear that you have a point of view when they Mm -hmm. when they view your work and it's obviously clear that glam for good has a point of view so there is a sort of self-selection here where a brand wouldn't necessarily approach you if they weren't already somewhat with Mm -hmm. the program right Mm -hmm. right i mean there has to be it's you know native content is is you know i mean because of the digital rise and brands need to submerge their messaging in movements like we have um, to give it an authentic. Yeah. And and basically what happens is, is sometimes they are, at least for, from my view, they can be a little bit more strong with how they want it to... Um, be seen, but 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 really, they do support you because they like what you're doing, and they know that you have a community uh, around it. And what's happened with Strong as the New Pretty and Glam for Good is that people are talk around it. There's a community around it, and we engage um, our community and we ask what they think, and we we have them really around everything we're doing in a community we don't even know, but we're a part of that. And it kind of take you know, and that's what they love. You, you know? know, do you guys remember the Daily Candy? Yes. Yeah. Remember? Yes. And remember yeah. that it was entirely free for a long time from any kind of advertising, native or otherwise, any right. kind of brand. And they were very proud of that. And the voice, they developed their following because of this ex- astonishing voice, which right. actually got diluted when they moved to other cities because it was a real New York voice. Right. But they then began, because they had such a big following, Brands began to bang on their door and they finally relented and they began to say this is dedicated. This is a dedicated email. This is actually a branded email. Oh, yeah. I remember it was that. not even a year before they were gone. I used to just right. delete those flat out. Right. Flat out. Right. Yeah. So, right. so how how I do think, we do that? You know, I think the the. I mean, truth is it sticks. You know, when when there's an authentic voice, people feel that. And 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 I think what's happening in the advertising and beauty world um, and the trends are really about you know self expression, individuality. And it, when when brands started you know kind of putting out the same um, ad campaigns and initiatives like they always did, which was you know hyper, it was all fake. I mean, every image yeah, manipulated. Yeah. Um, you know, women don't want that anymore. And so whenever they 
that even something like Victoria's Secret, I mean, when you see people, that's why the Lane Bryant ad campaign, this body has been so successful. It's like a backlash to people don't want to see 10 girls lined up with the same hairdo, with the same body, with the same tits, with the same smile. It's not guys, but women. Yeah, but even guys, you know, it's it's interesting. So I think what's with Strong as a New Pretty, um, the chord that kind of... um, that Kate has hit that's been so important is is that just it's a, it's a change in general that's happening in the industry. As we wrap up, I want to ask honestly, do you think that if we were having this conversation five years from now, it will will there even be a question of advertising as being in the quote old school way of the Photoshop and glamour and fashion, or do you really think that we're headed into a, a whole new era? I think there have always been bright lights out there that have made change from a very from you know a while ago, but I think we are heading into a whole new era. And even if people don't want to do it, they're going to do it because they have to. Because the bottom line is that consumers are demanding it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that it will change. I think they'll, like Marielle said, there's always going to be like the front runners of something new, something more real, something more authentic than even maybe you know it's just people on their own phones in the new advertising campaigns. You know, I think that it changes. And I think that people respond to truth and authenticity, which is really... Really what drives... I mean, honestly, I think that's what the advertisers are thinking or what's driving sales. So, Suzanne, tell me the truth. Do I look pretty? So pretty and strong. And I'm responding. And strong. (laughs) With that. And glamorous and good. Can Can we just end on a note from the great Oprah? Oprah said, who brought us all together (laughs) in a weird way. The producers at Oprah connected us. Um, Oprah said at the end of the day, everyone just wants to be validated. Mm -hmm. Strong is a new pretty and glam for good. Do that. And that's, and so do you guys. Yeah. Big payoff for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll be back to the big payoff next week. enjoyed today's show and want to hear more from Rachel and Suzanne, you can follow them on Twitter at Big Payoff Radio. Like them on Facebook at The Big Payoff. Tune in for our next episode when we're joined by photographer Kate Parker. Our theme music comes from Penthouse Suites. Hear more at penthouse.com. You can download past episodes and rate, review, and subscribe to The Big Payoff at iTunes or through the Acast app. And you can always find us online at bigpayoffradio.com. Thank you.